and welcome everybody to episode number 26 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter at P Fedoff. Again, that's at P is in Paul, T is in Tom, H I T is in Tom again, O F F Frank Frank. For all Notre Dame athletic updates, please go to my Twitter account. And episode number 26 is presented by BetUS.com. Bet with three decade leader, BetUS. Join now for 125% bonus using promo code DSP125. Again, that's DSP125 or a 200% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200. Again, that's promo code DSP200. And bet sports, casinos, horses, pop culture, and more at betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid at us.com. So I said episode number 26. In theory, this is episode 27. As you probably noticed, there was no Stanford preview this week. I actually did do a Stanford preview, but it disappeared in cyberspace. Um, I talked to Tim. We tried to find it. It was out there, and then it just disappeared. So our apologies there. So it's episode 26, but it's really episode 27. And just a real quick uh, uh, 411 on what I had predicted, and obviously it didn't happen last night. It was a fiasco last night. We'll get to that later for the Stanford recap. But um, I had predicted, as I'm looking at my notes here, 45 to 24, Notre Dame. I started thinking things were coming around. Obviously, it wasn't. But again, going back to my Twitter account, had you looked there this week, there's two big uh, pieces of news. Starting linebacker and captain Bo Bauer was injured in practice this week. He's out for the year. So that's a pretty big blow. Again, not, not an All-American, but again, the leadership, captain, the experience. In theory, it is a big blow. So, uh, and also yesterday, and he was on campus to make the announcement. And I'll look on my cheat sheet here. Uh, Four-star running back, and I believe he's a top fifty player in all the recruiting rankings. Uh, running back Jeremiah Love from Christian Brothers College. It's not a college; it's actually a high school, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he's good coming in for the class of twenty twenty-three. A very good recruiting get get for Marcus Freeman and staff. But put that aside, I don't want to talk about recruiting today. Last night was unacceptable. Again, I had predicted 45 to 24. But in the back of my mind, and you would have seen it in the podcast that got lost in cyberspace, I kept thinking, but is this team going to be focused to just keep that train rolling? Or was last week, you know, even last week, I thought we're making way too much of a big deal. Yes, BYU was rated. And you always should be happy with a win. But the way it ended, again, the defense was reeling. The offense wasn't doing what they were the first half or, or even in the early third quarter when they were dominating. And again, nothing against Drew Pine, but he is a backup quarterback at best. We do not have the elite quarterbacks like in Ohio State. Did you watch the Alabama-Tennessee game yesterday? I think his name's Hendon Hooker. He's actually a transfer from Virginia Tech, and he plays with Tennessee now. And obviously Bryce Love with Alabama. We are not close to a dynamic quarterback like that. And then USC, again, they lost last night, but still, if we're going to want to compete in the future, and I know we can't get that right now, whether Tyler Buckner's that, I don't think he is a dynamic quarterback from what I saw earlier in the year. And again, CJ Carr, if he reclassifies uh, for his senior season, he will be on campus next year, but he's not going to be ready to play two years at the earliest before we get that dynamic quarterback. But again, this is what we have right now. And again, I don't want to put it all in the players, 
my biggest focus is here today. They did not look like they were ready to play at all last night. From the opening drive, the opening play, actually, false start, Jarrett Patterson, supposedly an All-American left guard, and he has a false start, captain of the team, inexcusable. I mean, they just did not look ready at all last night. It was, it was pathetic. I know it was a so-called big win last week, but again, we cannot – again, so let me look at my notes here. So, again, allergies are still a little bit, so I may be sniffing a little here and there. My apologies, but, you know, the leaves are starting to fall right now. So let's see. I just want to make sure. So Jeremiah Love signed yesterday. Bo Bowers out for the year. But, again, this was Stanford. I had predicted 45 to 24, but, again, I thought – Fans, media, the team, and again, nothing being excited about, you know, winning a game over a ranked team. I just thought it was kind of premature. It just seemed they they took that that win uh, as too much of good news, if that makes sense. Again, you got, let's see, they would have been three and two, three and three. So what do we have? Six games left. You still had seven games left. And again, you should have kept that train rolling. They came out flat. This was worse than the Marshall game. I hate to say that. That I could make somewhat of an excuse. You know, their whole offseason was getting ready for Ohio State. And, you know, they had an awful offensive performance against Ohio State. The defense played pretty well. But, you know, you put all that energy into it, and then you have a disappointing loss. I can see a letdown against Marshall. Not a loss, but somewhat of a letdown. This is game six. Stanford was giving up 40 points. This is their first uh, win over an FBS team in over a year. The only game that they uh, won this year besides last night was against Colgate. And Colgate, I'm looking at it here. They actually scored. I want to get the actual score here. Colgate scored more points than us. Again, the defense, horrible tackling last night. They had some lapses. But again, I got to put this on coaching, uh, especially Coach Freeman because it starts at the top. And offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, but again, this this offense is just the poison of this team right now. But again, I'm trying to see on my iPad here. So if we look at their so Colgate, their first game. Actually, I take that back. That that was some false news I heard from other members of the media. Actually, Colgate scored uh, ten points uh, against. Uh, yeah, so I. My apologies there. But again, 10, we scored, what, 16? and not We didn't score much more than Colgate. But again, if we go back, again, I don't want to focus too much on stats because this game was just awful in, in general. But again, they were giving up over 400 yards, um, average Stanford was. They were coming off a heartbreaking loss to uh, Oregon State. They were 1-4. and four. It was at Notre Dame. Time difference of three hours. And again, I don't want to. I still have faith in Coach Freeman. I, I I was even saying too, nine and three at best this year. Obviously, that it's probably going to be worse than that. And we'll get into my predictions later. Oh, let me make a. Uh, I forgot to mention the reason I'm wearing, as you can see, my Michael Myers shirt last night. And again, I've had the the lunchbox in the background, and not wearing Notre Dame a Notre Dame shirt today is because last night was a nightmare. It was a true nightmare, like Michael Myers last night. Again, inexcusable inexcusable i mean totally flat they just did not look like they were ready to play they weren't ready to play at all and again coach david shaw very experienced coach 
I know he's had some rough seasons the past couple years, but you could tell his experience was more was uh, his experience of coaching. He more or less out coached. That's what I'm trying to say. He out coached Marcus Freeman last night. His experience, no matter how bad his team was, he trumped that over uh, uh, Marcus Freeman last night. But again, I'm not saying there should be a fire sale right now. Let this season, especially for Marcus Freeman, you got to give a coach at least, unless it's just totally going down the drain. And if there's like other, like off the field issues type like that, yeah, you got to pull the plug. But in this day in college, especially with the transfer portal being the way it is, you got to give it through. Now with Tommy Reese, that could be a different story. He's been with the program five years and it's just getting worse. So, so let's just go. I'm just going to go through the stats real quick. Uh, first downs, 21 to 16. Stanford led in that department. They had 385 yards compared. We only had 301 yards. And again, Stanford was giving up almost uh, 400 a game. They were one of the worst third down teams, Stanford. Well, against our defense, which I, I said, they didn't play great and horrible tackling, but they played good enough to win. It's just when your offense score if you told me we held stanford at 16 points and they were putting up some points they were i think they were averaging about 30 uh i think it was a little under 30 points a game again that had been on the podcast that was lost in cyberspace um it would have uh i mean oh we we killed them they they killed them more than i thought i would but again we only scored 14 and again colgate their worst opponent scored 10 so not much more than colgate so, but again, third downs, Stanford was seven to 16, almost 50% on third downs. Defense has to get better. We had two turnovers. We had the fumble by Drew Pine that led to three points. And then the one where we were driving to possibly win the game, but you can't, you shouldn't have the game in doubt that late in the game. Audrey Kessme, granted, he needs to hang on to the ball, but at the same time, that's not the reason we lost that game. Again, if, the the if that podcast again my Stanford prediction I had predicted the game to be over by halftime but again obviously we were fooled by the last couple weeks of the offense finally coming around but it looks like we just played really bad defenses and Tommy Reese pretty much runs the same plays you got to run different plays with different opponents again it was just totally predictable this offense is boring you're I mean. Again, I'll get into it later. I'm just flabbergasted right now. Rushing, we rushed okay. 150 yards, they only had 97 penalties. I know the officiating one wasn't the greatest, but again, you shouldn't, this game shouldn't be determined by the officials. If you take care of business early in the game, who cares what bad calls come later in the game? So time of possession, Stanford dominated 36 minutes to 23 minutes for us. But again, as bad as we played, we only lost by two points, which just makes it even more frustrating because we have way better athletes than Stanford. I'm not saying we have athletes like Georgia, Ohio State, even Tennessee right now, or Alabama. But the athletic level was so much higher for Notre Dame compared to Stanford. We should have, and again, let me get into this point. I didn't want to, again, again, we were so conservative on offense. There was no... Um, creativity at all you really didn't have to be that creative against stanford just use our best guys against their weakest guys and it's pretty much a close case finally we saw i've been and a lot of the notre dame media has been saying this too 
uh, freshman wide receiver, Tobias Merriweather, tremendous talent. He's barely been used this year. He's been thrown out maybe twice. He didn't have a catch until last night. Well, first time that Drew Pine threw to him, again, it was just more or less a fade route. He outran because he's so much faster than everybody else on Stanford. Imagine that. Just run fast, and he's going to be open and get to him. That, that's how simple this game should have been last night against Stanford, one of the weakest Stanford teams I've seen. But again, give credit to Coach Shaw. He used that experience to more or less um, outwit Notre Dame staff uh, because for whatever reason right now, they're just not coaching the kids well. But again, his first, uh, Drew Pine, who had a horrible game. Again, I know everybody was getting uh, – again, let, let me go back to what I was originally going to say. Again, it was a – if Drew Pine just puts air under the ball, that's a touchdown to Tobias Merriweather. But then later in the game, when we finally went – I think it was when we went up. Yeah, I think we, we went up 14-13. to 13. It's either second or third down, 41-yard touchdown pass. Again, Tobias Merriweather, he just went faster than the defender. Open, makes a great catch, touchdown. Why can't we do more of that? I don't care if our fastest receiver is a freshman. Get him on the field and use him. You can't just have loyalty to the seniors. I mean, they can play as well, but you got to use your best players in the best situations. And... Whether he knows only three to four plays, put him in there right now. I don't care if he's a true freshman. But how – I mean, just imagine, you know, we use our best players against their so-called best players, which are a lot weaker than ours, and we score. And then we go away from it. Driving to possibly win the game at the end, we have no timeouts, but there's still plenty of time a minute. It's fourth and sixth, and Drew Pine is throwing a – you know, it's a fourth and eight and he throws a six-yard pass uh, to, God, who was it? it was number 83. I always forget his name, but he had a decent game against uh, – here, let me – that's driving me nuts. Um, he had a good game last night. Uh, receiver – Jaden Thomas, who didn't have as great a game as he had against BYU. But again, fourth and eight, and you run a little in route for six yards. What are they coaching? And what is Drew Pine thinking? I don't care if the guy was wide open. There was a defender all over him. You got to improvise somehow. Again, I can somewhat see this for Marshall, but this is game six. And I knew you're going to have some bad games here and there. But had we been prepared and whether we, you know, had a couple turnovers and just wasn't our night, we're still 20 points better than this Stanford team. And that's why, again, I'm, and usually I do predictions later in this podcast. Again, I pre predicted nine and three earlier this year, and then it kind of varied, you know, six and six, seven and five, you know, eight and four. At best, I'm not going to give you like, or this. At best right now, I see this team six and six. And yesterday was pretty much a guaranteed win. I don't think there's any guaranteed wins anymore, but I've had to guess next week. I'll be at the game against UNLV, 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 maybe. Boston College, maybe. Navy, who always gives us fits, maybe. If you win those games, you're guaranteed six and six. But then we have Clemson at home, who will probably be undefeated. USC lost a heartbreaker last night. Pretty much had the game. They were at 42 to 35. Uh, Utah scores a late touchdown. 
They don't kick the extra point to go for the overtime. They just do a two-point conversion to get the outright win. Uh, hats off to their coach. I believe it's Kyle. I always forget his. He's been there forever. But, um, you know, heads up to their coach for having uh, the guts to do that. But um, so they lost a heartbreaker. Obviously, USC will not be a playoff team now because a Pac-12 team had to go undefeated pretty much to get into the playoffs. But again, you're probably looking at a one-loss USC team. And then Syracuse, they're probably going to be undefeated in two weeks when we play them. So even though this season is turning out to be, like Michael Myers, a nightmare, you can salvage it somewhat. Let's say we beat Clemson. Originally, I was going to pick us to beat Clemson. Right now, no, because I have I don't know what team's going to show up. And the coaching right now, especially on offense, is just pathetic. But again, if you can beat Clemson and then an undefeated Syracuse team, I know they're undefeated, but they're really not a, a great team. But again, undefeated and at Syracuse. Then a USC, that can savor the season somewhat. And now there is no chance at a New Year's Six Bowl. Absolutely no chance. We're playing on a second-tier bowl right now. But again, something's got to happen. And again, I'm not calling for Tommy Reese to be fired, but if this continues by the end of the year, Marcus Freeman has got to make a change because Tommy Reese has been there five years. Maybe the micromanaging of Brian Kelly made him improve last year. I mean, that was always the so-called narrative. Well, Brian Kelly's not, you know, cutting the puppet strings off him. He's holding him back. That's why our offense isn't doing the greatest. And then the narrative was later in the year last year, oh, Brian Kelly didn't care. So he just gave the reins to Tommy Reese because Brian Kelly wanted to get out of Notre Dame. And that's why our offense was so much better. Was it Brian Kelly? Did you watch the Florida LSU game last night? And I know LSU's had two losses. One was the first game, you know, first game, anything can happen, brand new staff. They lost a one point. I think it was like a one-point game to, uh, uh, yeah, Florida State at a neutral site, more or less. And then they lost to, got killed by Tennessee last week. But what did Tennessee do yesterday? They beat a, a pretty good Alabama team. Now, granted, Alabama probably should have won that game. They missed a field goal. But again, Tennessee pretty much dominated most of that game. And I could see them making the playoffs. My only issue with Tennessee, they don't have the greatest uh, de defense right now. Uh, so if they would play like an Ohio State, I think they could probably move the ball well against Ohio State, even though Ohio State's defense has improved this year. However, I just don't think they played a quality of offensive opponent yet. Um, I would still pick OSU over Tennessee just because Tennessee's defense, to me, isn't championship caliber yet, and OSU's offense is just incredible. But again, Brian Kelly's team looked pretty good over Florida last night. I forget what the actual final score was, but when I went to bed, they were up by 21 points. So let me get to that real quick. Let's see here. If I go to, again, I just want to, let's see here. Uh, so NCAA football, just get the SEC scores. And let's see. Well, it's kind of, missing. they won 45 to 35, but at one point it was 42 to 21, pretty much midway through the third quarter. But again, What I'm trying to say is if, if Tommy Reese, if this continues throughout the year, market, I mean, his job, you know, he's making, if I'm Marcus Freeman today, I'm like, Hey, you got to turn this around. What's not working right. You got to come to me. I mean, he's the CEO of this team right now. And he's got to see what 
he's got to reach out to his assistants and maybe he's doing that now. It's just not working and say, Hey, you're making me look like shit, Tommy. You're absolutely making me like shit right now. Something's got to change or your job's on the line. Again, he's been here five years, not just one year. So as we look at just trying to get back to my, okay, here we go. And the last thing I'll say about Tommy Reese, even though I may come back to it again, it, to me, it's like, again, I'm a big movie fan. Rob Zombie, I'm not a fan of his films. He has that, you know, niche of films that just certain fans like, but even like some of his fans are saying too, his movies are just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Why is Hollywood giving him more chances to make a movie? It's the same thing with Tommy Reese. I mean, how many more chances is he going to get? Again, this is year three of being an offensive coordinator. He's been in the Notre Dame program, you know, pretty much every year. I think one year he was an assistant at Northwestern after he graduated. He may have been in the NFL like one year or two, but he's more or less been around the Notre Dame system. Grant was the Brian Kelly system. But again, he has no Brian Kelly this year. The reins are off. The puppet strings are, you know, cut off. What's it going to take? I mean, with the Rob Zombie, I mean, his movies, he, he, speaking of Halloween films, his Halloween films are awful. And then I don't know if you saw the Netflix uh, movie. He redid the Munsters, the TV show. Holy shit, is it bad? I mean, if you're having trouble falling asleep, watch that Munsters on Netflix. I know everybody's tastes different. And to be fair to Rob, movies are subjective. But I got to think 90 to 95% of people if you go to various, you know, websites, IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, I got to think probably 90 to 95% of people think too is just awful. But again, I digress from my uh, the little tangent I went off on then. As you can just see, the, last night, total nightmare, unacceptable. Something's got to change because three and three right now. Even I, who was one of the few predicting, you know, a nine and three season, a lot of the Notre Dame so-called experts, I got to give credit to some of those experts now. They're going back to say, hey, maybe we were wrong about Tommy Reese. This team isn't uh, as ready as we thought. You know, Marcus Freeman's inexperience is starting to show a little bit. And I think you saw that last night, especially with David Shaw, pretty much out coaching him the entire game. So, again, let me just look. Again, I'm not getting too much into the stats. I mean, it was just a bad, bad. It was worse than the Marshall game. It was worse than the Marshall game. So let me just kind of go over my notes before I go over our opponent's schedule. So I will say Logan Diggs last night ran pretty, pretty damn good. He was, um, you can obviously see he hit the weight room in the offseason. He's running hard, uh, looked great last night. Uh, his speed seems like he's gotten a little bit quicker too. Uh, again, uh, Aldrick Estime ran okay, but he had that big fumble, inexcusable. And here's Chris Tyree again. We're going away from him again. You've got to get your best playmaker involved. I mean, let's look. I mean, I didn't want to go back to stats, but again, if we look just at rushing, Estime eight for 57, one touchdown. Logan Diggs nine for 57. Again, he had a pretty solid Chris Tyree. Actually had more touches than I thought, eight for 25. But again, it just seemed, except for the first half, they just went away with him. I, I barely saw him the rest of the game. And two, that fourth and one or two, when we're inside the five-yard line and you run that jet sweep 
to, I keep forgetting, number 83, Jaden Thomas, your slowest receiver, and another WTF Tommy Reese call. What are you doing right there? I mean, just go north and south. Like I said, our guys were better than Stanford guys on paper last night, and they should have done it on the field too. And again, just unprepared. You can say all you want about Brian Kelly losing big games. These are the type of games he would win, especially in his last five years, pretty much. He take away the Cincinnati game last year. He was beating the teams he was supposed to pretty much after that Michigan debacle in 2019, where they just did not want to be in Michigan on a cold, rainy night. I think it was Halloween actually that night. But pretty much from 2017 on, he may have not won the big games and he got pretty much shellacked in the big games, you know, losing by more than three touchdowns sometimes, but he won games he was supposed to. The only sort of What's the word I'm looking for here? The only sort of thing I can, with Marcus Freeman's first year so far, and I'm really grasping or, I mean, really digging deep here to find something good. They haven't been blown out yet. But again, you've had two of the worst home losses that I can remember as a Notre Dame fan, losing to Marshall and losing to a one in four Stanford team, which is inexcusable. So again, the one so-called caveat that I can say where Yes, we've lost three games, and actually the fourth game really with the Fiesta Bowl last year where we we blew a 21-point lead. The one thing I can say is we're not getting blown out, but that's really stretching it right there. If you got to stretch that far, obviously something needs to change and something's not right right now. So, again, so let's see. So, Colgate, you know, be, again, the, the next show, uh, which will be, Episode 27, even though it's really 28, uh, UNLV's uh, preview. Just trying to make sure I, again, I, I was just writing down stuff all morning because I was just, I'm still flabbergasted last night. I, I could expect somewhat of a letdown, but to only score 14 points against Stanford and just the anemic play calling, no fight. They just didn't look like they wanted to be there. Everything just looks slow. The first play of the game has started. Your All-American left guard, who's been doing this all year, a false start, is unacceptable. If we have to start playing the younger guys, let's do it. And I've said that, too, when Drew Pine was a starter, even though he had a couple good games, let's go with Steve Angeli. We're playing for just pride right now, and that's so cliche. And again, we could still beat some quality opponents in Clemson, USC, and Syracuse. But why not give Angeli some snaps, even if he only knows a couple plays? Look what it, Tobias Merriweather only knows a couple plays. And the two times he was thrown to last night, one would have been a touchdown, but Drew Pine overthrew him. And the other one was a touchdown. So if it's only a couple plays and they work, get them involved somehow, because I'm sick of just playing the veterans who are not producing. And here's the last thing. I forgot to mention this too. Al Golden, the defensive coordinator, stop blitzing your middle linebackers because they're not good enough to do it. That's one of the weakest parts of our defense now is the linebackers. And Isaiah Foskey, I tell you what, even though I know some draft boards still have him pretty high, he could have left last year to go to the NFL draft. He's just, he has not had one good game this year. He's just walking through the motions. And I don't know if he's just in the back of my mind saying, don't go all, go all out. Let's get ready for the draft. He's been one of the most disappointing players I've seen this year for Notre Dame. So again, I'm just going through. But again, our, our guys were so much better than them last night. And when they 
tried to use that. It pretty much worked last night, but then they went away from it. So I said, the one good thing about this year, and again, I'm just really grasping at straws here, is we haven't been blown out, which still is a pretty half-ass excuse. Or not excuse, but half-ass um, something to put some positivity on is our uh, opponent's records right now. Yesterday, though, it took a little bit of a dive. Uh, there were 10 games from our opponents yesterday, and the overall record was four and six. And this is the funny thing about it. It would have been worse had Stanford lost. So by Stanford winning against us yesterday, the record was four and six instead of three and seven. But yesterday was probably the worst week of our opponents. So again, Marshall played on, when was that? That would have been Wednesday. They had a Wednesday game. And I didn't know about it until last night when I looked up scores. They lost to Louisiana 23 to 13. Again, Louisiana scored 23 points. We scored 21. And that's misleading because that was a garbage touchdown at the end against Marshall. But again, Louisiana beat Marshall 23 to 13. Cal lost 20 to 13 to a horrible Colorado team. This is one of our bright opponents so far, North Carolina, who we pretty much dominated. Uh, they beat Duke 38 to 35. They're, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six and one right now. They're only lost to Notre Dame. BYU, we thought that was such a great big win last night, and the players were hooping and hollering in Las Vegas. Uh, they got killed by Arkansas 52 to 35. So that BYU win, again, I didn't. I'm glad we won last week, but I thought we made way too big of a deal about that win. Stanford beat us 16 to 14. UNLV, our opponent next week, 42 to 7 loss to Air Force. Syracuse on Friday night, I believe, was that? For, no, that was yesterday. They beat NC State 24 to 9. Clemson beat Florida State, uh, improved Florida State team of this year, 34 to 28. That was at Florida State. Navy, that was the game on Friday. They lost to SMU 40 to 34. Boston College had a bye. And then USC lost a heartbreaker, 43 to 42. So they're now one, two, three, four, five, six, six and one as well. So again, it was our worst week for our opponents. They were four and six. Would have been worse had actually Notre Dame played and showed up last night and won. It would have been three and seven. So our opponents have won 51 games. They've lost 26. And their winning percentage is 66%. That is down from week six of 70%. So, again, it's still pretty solid, but this is the biggest decline we've seen this year as I do this analysis on a weekly basis. So, it goes from 70 to 66. So, again, guys, something's got to change quick. And, again, I don't know if they just say, hey, let's just start playing the younger guys because I know that's a, a disservice for the seniors, especially those that are playing well. I mean, you could still have them playing a lot more than – the seniors that aren't producing. But again, except for the Clemson, Boston College, and USC game, there's not – and winning a bowl, they got to start, again, not abandoning this this season, but starting looking to the future. Because, again, I mean, I know Jeremiah Love committed yesterday, but he was also at the Marshall game too on his visit. I tell you what, if I'm a kid that has no affiliation to Notre Dame and they're recruiting me and I really like them – but if I see the Marshall game, I see this game, especially if I'm an offensive player, I want to be like, are they going to be coaching me to the best of their abilities to make me the best offensive player I can to go to the NFL maybe in one day? One day. Again, we got to they got to start thinking of the future because 
you don't want to lose the team for one, but again, you may have to make some tough decisions for the, for the betterment of the uh, future teams for Notre Dame, because I don't want to see another season like this. Like I said, I'm, I'm giving Marcus Freeman and some of the other newer coaches a mulligan this year somewhat. Not really a mulligan. I mean, I'm holding them accountable. Don't get me wrong. But again, I always think you got to get your feet wet that first year, and especially he's never been a head coach. Kind of get your own guys in there, your own philosophy. And then by year two, year three, you got to see some results. What have I said almost all? You got to show me. I don't care what I see on paper. That's great. The stats for it were going up for us until last night, you know, the UNC game, the BYU game. But again, we weren't closing out games the way we should. And then again, everything just blows up in our face again. Again, we're getting solid recruits, it looks like. You know, Notre Dame was really cool again over the summer. You know, Marcus Freeman and all of them going out to Las Vegas to do the commercial for the Shamrock Series. And yeah, we won that game, but we're three and three. We've been embarrassed at home by Marshall and Stanford. You better start showing me. And I know I say that redundantly on this show, but you have to, or this team's just going to get lost. And for the future, it could get pretty, um, oh, the future is going to look possibly a little bit scary. So again, you don't want to just have a, just a nosedive. Again, stop the bleeding right now and just develop, start developing these guys because they just don't, I don't see any development, especially on the offense. So again, I got to, I've been talking too long. I went way over for this podcast, but it doesn't surprise me because last night was awful. That That's the lowest it's been in a while. I say probably since home-wise, maybe losing to North, I was at that game, losing to Northwestern in 2014, Tulsa 2010. Michigan 2019 on the road, but this I'd have to really look back and think on it. Last night was probably the lowest, especially at home, home loss I can think of in a while. So in any event, um, I'll get the uh, UNLV. That's tough, to, that's tough to say real quick. UNLV game preview out early this week, and I'll be at that game. Maybe I'll do some videos. Uh, you know, coming out of the tunnel, that's always iconic, watching the Notre Dame players come out of the tunnel. And I'll have Tim add that to uh, a podcast for the recap. But anyway, uh, thank you for joining episode 26. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>